Hello, and welcome to another episode on Journey to Authenticity, a podcast helping you to become fully authentic on your journey to success. My name is Braden Belknap, and I'm a human just like you, striving to build a dream life while staying true to me. And it is my mission to help you achieve the highest level of authenticity possible, all while you build your dream life. But what if our vices or our relationships or our self-imposing choices are holding us back from what we believe we can't accomplish? How do we break free? One of the main ways of doing this is simply changing our identity. And the way to start this is to recognize that you are made for more, made for something greater, made to be able to achieve more in your life. And once you recognize that, you have the ability to cut out everything that's holding you back from that version of yourself. That's why we have our guest Ronnie Alvarado coming into today, as he has struggled with his identity. He grew up poor. He was a partier. He was a DJ that went from club to club, night to night, partying to put on a show when he lost himself. Once he completely cut that off, completely transformed his life, he has now became a very successful entrepreneur, a father, and a husband. Welcome to the show, Ronnie. Absolutely, man. I appreciate that. This is a complete blessing to me. And, you know, for even just having you reach out to me and just say, hey, brother, you know, let's get on this podcast and, you know, let's change some lives. I was like, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, I absolutely fell in love with you. The, the, the moment that we met, I just felt that there was just such a genuine spirit about you. And I'm just like, man, this guy's going to go far because your heart's in the right place. So I appreciate you reaching out to me and uh, hopefully, yeah, we can we can make a difference. Absolutely. Amen to that. So what inspired entrepreneurship? It's the loneliest occupation. It's the highest failure rate of anything in the world. Like what inspired you to go down the route that nobody else wants to take? (laughs) Well, I've I've heard it said that, you know, leadership is the highest paid profession because of everything that you just mentioned, right? And so for me, I mean, entrepreneurship is leadership, right? Uh, We've all read the books, uh, but you know, what really inspired it um, you know, I, I'm actually writing a book right now and, um, you know, I think the first chapter is going to be called the chip. And I think there has to be a chip on anyone's shoulder that's looking to go down this route of, of success, uh, success. And, you know, really for me, it was, uh, you know, coming from a, a third world country, our family came to Canada in 1986. So we've been here for a while. Again, like many, you know, immigrants and immigrant families working hard. And, uh, you know, when you're little and you're, when you're young, uh, you know, you're outside, you're playing, you, you have friends, you, you don't know you're poor. You know, you don't know that you're you're in the metric of um, less than until you start to mature and you grow up and you realize, oh, wow, my parents didn't really have much. Right. And I was joking. I'm like, man, if I go back to old albums, old pictures, nothing matched. That tells you something. <laughs> you know, everything is just so uh, it just it's just weird looking. Uh, but, you know, what? to me, you know, growing up playing sports, personally, I always excelled when I was under some form of guidance, some level of leadership and coaching, right? That's really where I've always been at my highest. And, and of course, you know, when you go through that and you're going through life's experiences, knowing that you've been designed for more, you've been designed for greatness. And, uh, you know, seeing my family struggle financially, that was never cool, you know, because you get to a point where you're like, man, this sucks. For me, it was just a situation where I'm like, I made a I made a commitment to myself, I'd say probably around junior high, that it was never just always going to be this way. And it was never going to be okay to just stay this way. And as I kind of matured, 
got more like into high school, that vision to me became more clear, not really knowing like, hey, entrepreneurship is going to be the path, but I didn't want to settle. So I played, you know, I played high level athletics, uh, semi-pro soccer for a while. Um, but, you know, that came to an end really quick. And I kind of just got into that law where, again, you don't have the proper association. You don't have the right guidance, the right mentorship. And all of a sudden you're just coasting and you're just kind of floating, doing it, doing what everyone else is doing. Do you know what I mean? So I think that for me was the kickstart. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, probably about 27, 28, where I just kind of started having these mental bouts. You know, I'm saying like, what's going on here? What am I doing? I'm better than this. You know, and, uh, you know, being in the music industry, of course, uh, I was in that for about eight, nine years solid. I thought that was going to be the path. I had, you know, built up a pretty reputable name here in the city doing some tours and gigs and stuff like that. It was really great. But ultimately, through that process, really just losing myself, losing my identity and, you know, what God designed me to be, you know, a wholesome individual that was going to make a difference. So I felt like that really was more of a stepping stone. But at the same time, that stepping stone, gave me the clarity to know that that wasn't going to be it and that there was another path eventually. Absolutely. So bringing it back when you said you lost your identity, I love yeah. that because this is what this podcast is about is helping people get back to their true authentic self. Fill me in there. Would you say that that was your pit that you're like, man, I need to do something different or yeah. what was your lowest point where you're like, it is now time to transform. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I got to a point where it was like, you know, the money was coming in, um, you know, I was out five, six nights a week, but there was just like a pit in my stomach where it's like the more I made, the more I was losing myself to the the vices and the things that were holding my family captive. And a big turning point for me was, you know, probably like 09 2010, when my dad was actually battling some alcoholism, it kind of really, he just kind of hit a brick wall. And, you know, it was a situation where week in, week out, we didn't know if he was in the hospital or not, because we just didn't really have that type of communication with him at the time. And we would hear through the grapevine that he's in the hospital, what? And here I was, you know, Patron time, tequila, shots, all these, you know, on the weekends, on the weekdays. And I don't know if my dad's going to make it. And I, I eventually, you know, I, I it was like, yeah, 2009, I just really had like a man in the mirror moment. And I was like, what am I doing? You know, is this is this what it's about? And that I feel like at that moment in time, like that was my lowest because I knew I was better. I knew that I was designed for greatness. But at the same time. In that season, I had two choices to make, you know, I can continue to play in the devil's hand. It's not the bad things that we know, but it's the good things that are given to us that are not good for us. And Absolutely. that's the field that I was playing in. And when I made that distinction and I made that realization, I'm like, oh, I'm being held captive right now. I automatically knew I'm like, no, something's got to change. Because I think at that point I realized I can continue to live this lie, this facade of what other people expect me to be and the persona that I portrayed and that I built, or I can go back to square one, start from scratch and rebuild the man that I was designed to be living through my value system. And, you know, that decision, it was made, you know, over the course of the year. But by the time I realized that I was going to be married to, you know, now my wife, you know, and I knew that I was going to make that commitment and decision. I just literally it was one decision, one night, cold turkey, and I literally disappeared off the face of the earth. And what I mean that is no one knew where I went. I stopped answering phone calls from promoters. I stopped showing up at the club. 
And I went into that hero's journey. And that was literally a 10 year journey for me because I needed that character development. Absolutely. And what age were you when you completely went out for the face of the earth? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm 42 now. Um, so that would have been probably going into going into my 30s. Yeah, That's it would have been like it would have been like 29, 20, 29. I can't remember the timelines exactly, but right around that time. Well, I mean, like, let's look at that. And anybody listening, like, let that seek in. Like, what? look what Ronnie did with his life. What can you do with yours? Yeah. You went into that hero's journey and now you're living it. Yeah. And through your doing, which leadership is really doing, not telling. Right. You're doing. That helps thousands of people, man. So I'm yeah. proud of you. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that, bro. And, uh, you know, it wasn't easy, but ultimately... I identified how I wanted to live and how I wanted to feel. And I really think that's one thing that most people miss growing up. You know, very seldom is that ever taught to you. It's not taught in the school system, you know, unless you can get around high level thinkers, you know, thought leaders that can give you perspective and guidance and, and stop asking you like, what do you want to do? And start asking you, man, how do you want to feel? How do you want to wake up? What do you want the next five to 10 years to look like? You know, what, what does your inside want to manifest? Right. Because, uh, you know, my wife often says, you know, true success is when your when your inner core, when your system is at rest and at peace, when that nervous system is at rest. How many people do we know that are successful, but are just living life on the edge full of anxiety and fear and frustration? Unfortunately, more than we realize. Of course, of course, you know, and, and I think I was just luckily enough. I was lucky enough to have had that perspective and guidance very early on that it, it, it put things in perspective for the long game. Why am I doing this? Why am I going through this renewal of the mind, the body and the soul? So that, you know, obviously 10 years, 15 years later, I mean, we've been in the entrepreneurial space for the last 15 years. You know, we can go to bed. I mean, life is not perfect. Don't get me wrong. Things always happen, right? I mean, that's that's the life of a leader, life of an entrepreneur. We're, we're professional solution seekers, right? But to know that we're going to be okay. There's peace, right? There's peace in the home. Uh, the kids are, you know, they're 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 crazy. They're 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 you know, the kids are kids, but allowing them to be kids without having you know the parent be on top of them and allow their frustrations to manipulate their process. Absolutely. And I mean, you're living it too. You completely transformed your life. You learned these principles, these tools, and now you're a lot, you're that leader, that father to the kids, your kids. Yeah. That's allowing them to become the best version of themselves, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, and I, I it, it's so true, you know, living life by example, of course, that is everything, you know, that's really, what we stand for as a family, you know, I mean, our, our family brand is live inspired. And, and, and through that, obviously there's a message there's, there's the example that we want to portray. And, you know, we have to live it first, you know, mom and dad have to live it first for them to follow, you know, and um, I always tell them, you know, and th these are things that we talk about in our home. You know, we, we have, you know, family meetings, they're four and seven, but they know what it means to sit down and be intentional. 
you know, sometimes it's a little tough because, you know, four and seven year olds, they only have a, a small attention span, right? But uh, they know we mean business, you know, they know that we're intentional in everything that we absolutely do. And, um, you know, I always, I always like to tell them like, hey, every three months, I want to meet the new version of yourself. And, and that's, that's a principle that, that I live by. I want to keep growing. I want to just make sure that I become the better version every three months and not to be stale, not to be um, the same guy that I was a year ago. Like I, I always want to develop and just become a newer version. No different than a snake, you know, the snake skin, they shed the new life, new version. Absolutely. So when you decided to cut everything off to completely transform your life, did you feel lonely at times? Because you went from having, let's just say, quote unquote, friends mm -hmm. to having nobody, I would assume. Yeah, 100%. Dude, that is such a great question. And I'm glad you asked, because again, these are things that as you go through that process, uh, no one talks about these things, you know, and, until you're on the other side and you look back and you're like, man, was that ever worth it? But that's that's, you know, that's part of the process of, of reinventing yourself. Yeah. You know, quote unquote, I had a lot of friends, you know, and I had to cut my ties. I, I needed to love from a distance. I needed to love them enough to say, hey, I need to become a better version. And in the meantime, I need to go through this process. Watch me. And some of them chose to come along and go through their own journey and others didn't. And I needed to be okay with it. And I think that to me is the biggest battle we face today is that a lot of times people are not making decisions based on their values. They're making their decisions based on feeling and based on validity, uh, opinions. And so that umbilical cord is always attached and then we limit ourselves, right? Uh, and a lot of times that umbilical cord is attached to friends, moms, dads, my friend said, you know, all, all these different types of um, just anchors that hold us back. And so, yeah, absolutely. Dude, literally, I disappeared off the face of this when I tell you that, like, and I, I'm, this is not everyone's story, but I needed to. I needed to cut my vices because when, when I started really getting intentional with my personal growth and development, I can't tell you how many more calls I would get to go do another gig, another show. Oh, more money? Yeah, sure. Okay. I was like, where was this before? <laughs> you know, so it's almost like I was even tempted even more. And that was hard. That, that was tough. Right. And, and being used to being, you know, uh, being around all these people that, of course, you know, the, you know, want to be around you and, 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 you know, feed that ego. That was hard. Right. But uh, like I said, you know, once you understand the power of making decisions off of your value system and, and really having a, having a moral compass, it, uh, it became easier and easier, right? It, it, it became a, a distant friend that I really didn't need anymore. Uh, but yeah, that process, that 10 year journey, that was, that was lonely times. Um, and it was, the funny thing is, is when I would see people and I would run into them, they wouldn't know how to approach me because they saw a different spirit. I started to look different. I started to dress different and, uh, it wasn't the, you know, the club DJ that they knew that they were doing drinks with. And so people would be like, uh, do I hug do you, do I shake your hand? Like, dude, where have you been? <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> I'm like, let me tell you, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, it, it was lonely, but it was all for the right reasons. And, uh, I mean, and, and we know this, you know, when, whenever you go down a path of, of significance, the, the circles get smaller, but you attract the right people, right? You start connecting with Raiden's out in, you know, out in the States and hey, brother, how's it going? And, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, these are the people that are meant to be in my life. 
right? And there's that saying that says, no, you can have a hundred pennies or you can have four quarters. Absolutely. I'll take the four quarters every day. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> so, and I love that you bring that to light because to me, I, my story is very similar to yours, yeah. truthfully. Um, completely transformed my life at a young age, thankfully. They, and thankfully you transformed your life because we we won. We come up on top. Mm-hmm. We yeah. beat the devil. <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, but it's the truth, man. The adv- adversary comes out and throws all of his demons at you when you're starting to try to live intentional. Yes. And live an inspired life that yeah. helps inspire others to do the same and that's when the devil's like game on baby and he sends everything at you let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) rock and roll like everything bro i'm telling you that's not even a lie man and uh and at the same time you realize that the devil doesn't come out he doesn't come after people that are just sitting on the couch trolling you know just kind of wasting their life because why why waste his time there you know, it's the people that are going to make a difference. You know, that that's that's where the game's at. Absolutely. And those are the people that really fight the hardest battles are the people that are out front lines trying to make a difference in this world. Big time. Big time. So how did you overcome those temptations? Hey, let me pay you a couple grand more. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, come try this new drug out. Like what like how did you overcome these battles? It was a bit of a struggle at the beginning. I'm not going to say that it was just like I had made my decision to be a better human being, to say the least. But, you know, in the first year or so, it was tough. It was tough. And sometimes I gave in, you know, because it's like, man, who wouldn't want to make an extra two thousand thousand bucks? Right. I mean, it was that simple. Uh, But I think over time, because I realized that if I wanted things to change, uh, I needed to get around more allies, not friends. Allies, as you know, are people that make a difference that are going to enhance your life in all areas. And so once I started to focus and concentrate more and getting around people that were well rooted, grounded, that had a spiritual walk slowly and like I would say that transition slowly started to bleed more and more into my veins. Right. And all of a sudden it became it started kind of going like this. And that's the process. That's the process where all of a sudden the scales tip and you're like, dude, at this right here, this is nothing. Any It doesn't, doesn't even affect me anymore. But the secret there is to maintain that level of influence. And so for me, everything changed when I started to pursue new influences in my life. Right. People that had a greater marriage, people that had greater results emotionally, mentally, financially, that's when things were like that. That's when I knew I'm like, yeah, I, I can't go back to this. Like this, this is pale in comparison to what I have available. And um, but I think that's that's the tug of war, right? How long are you willing to stay in that tension before the scale tips? I love that, and it certainly is a journey, <laughs> and it's well <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you overcame this. Yeah. You were making money solely off of your music. So let's jump into a little bit of that. How did you start your true entrepreneurship journey once it was out of the music? Yeah. Once you were out of the music. 
Yeah, you know, and to be honest, it, it was it was converse it was uh, conversations that at that time, you know, my girlfriend who now is obviously my wife, uh, we started to have when we first started dating, and it kind of it came back to because she was very driven, dude. She is she's a beast, man. Like even to this day, she levels me up. She's always working on something. There's a new prize. Like she just does not stop, and she's been like that from day one. So for me, it was the first time that someone challenged me to be better, to do better. And I was like, wow, it's kind of attractive. I was like, man, this is, this is different, you know, because I was just used to whatever. Right. Um, and so when I met her, we started having these conversations about life and she already had that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, she was a she's a Ukrainian dancer for about 20 years traveling the world. Um, she knew what it meant to to be at peak state, um, to perform in front of, you know, hundreds, thousands of people. And so she had that winning spirit. So when I met her, it's like, OK, we, we connected on values. And I think that's the big piece that I think sometimes people miss is we get together for pleasure, not values and principle. I saw that right away. I'm like, oh, wow, like I could build a life with this girl like this. She's she's going to be successful with or without me. Right. So I'm going to hop on board, right? <laughs> that's not even a lie, man. That's no cap. <laughs> That is too funny. He's going to take me to the promised land. (laughs) No, and, uh, you know, but it it really elevated my thinking to know that, man, there was more. And that's that's where that journey started. And like I said, you know, we had experienced uh, different ideas and thoughts and, you know, uh, other, you know, different journeys and things. But it ultimately came down to the, the pursuit of the right influences in our life. We wanted to get around masterminds. We wanted to get around people that had healthy marriages that had the right finances, that had just a, a level of freedom in their heart and in their mind, you know, because it, uh, we long for that. You know, we all long for some elements of freedom, right? Personally, for me, I wanted to pursue success because I wanted to, you know, cut the chains of, of not only poverty, uh, but even just divorce in my family. Like that to me was a big enough why. Like, you know, and that was a decision I made, you know, when I knew that, hey, like, this is it, I'm, I'm gonna get married, that I, you know, no longer, is uh is this acceptable in my lineage right so i knew that i needed to create a different branch and so we needed to get around that type of element and examples and like i said you know over time that slowly bled into the transformation of of, you know who we are today and who we continue to strive to be so yeah that that's really what kickstarted for sure absolutely honestly everything starts with relationships i mean yes business yes entrepreneurship but it's very true. Are your finances good? If your finances are good, it probably means you're hanging out with people that are winning in finances. Do you have good relationships? Okay. It probably means that you're hanging out with people with good relationships. And that comes a time where to me, it all boils down to relationships, the lifestyle we live, the vices that you've mentioned. If you're doing drugs, my, I'll put a million dollars on it right now that you're probably doing drugs with your friends. So yeah. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, dude. And it's crazy because I'm like, I look at it now, like I, these are things that were just, there were just strongholds in my life. And I look at now, man, I haven't had a drink of alcohol since like 2010, 2011. That was really the last time, you know, once I made that decision, I went cold Turkey and obviously seeing what my dad had gone through. I was like, man, if this guy is going to go through this and come out on the other end victorious, that's the least I could do to respect his journey. And make the decision to honor that. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been sober for, yeah, what close to 13 years now. 
you know, and uh, it's, it's great. And but again, I don't associate with my, with people that, that do those things not. And again, to each their own, you know, that's not, it's not a shot at anybody, no pun intended. Uh, to see if you caught that there. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you don't mind me asking, did your dad make it out on the other end? Okay. He did. God is good. Uh, it took him some time. He's uh, you know, he's a leader in the community now and uh, yeah, he's, he's been sober. So it's pretty much almost at the same time. We kind of, we kind of went through that journey together. Um, but uh, you know, when the why is big enough, facts don't, I mean, you know, the details and facts don't matter. You know, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The why is what holds everything together. You know, and for me, I'm like, man, I wanted to honor him and also, you know, create um, a situation where my kids did not have, they, you know, they, they were not going to have to experience that, you know, and I, I mean, I can't control the future. Everyone is, is, you know, they're bound to do whatever they're going to do at some point, but they weren't going to see it from me. Absolutely. And if you did, if you don't mind me asking, so you sounds like you didn't have a relationship with your father at a given time. Is that correct? Yeah, it was very interesting. And I appreciate you asking that because, again, you know, this is this is so true to so many people, uh, whether or not they're in leadership or not in all walks of life. Um, my dad was very loving growing up. He was a loving guy. Obviously, he had some vices. He didn't really have the guidance and the mentorship in his life the way that maybe I've had. Um, and so obviously, you know, he had different decisions that he had to make. Uh, obviously, some of them not favorable. Growing up, we had a, we had a relationship where, you know, he I, I respected him because of the work that he was willing to do to provide for our family. But, you know, outside in his own personal life, you know, obviously there was things that, you know, he uh, could have did better in. Right. So I, I didn't see a father who honored marriage. I, I didn't get to see that. But I had a loving dad. Right. Who loved his kids. And when I was in junior high, junior high, high school, there was a season of a couple of years where, yeah, we didn't have a relationship. I was very, you know, the rebellious teenager. Yeah. You know, because there were some things that I, you know, I'd become aware of and um, I was just like, how dare, you know what I mean? And I just had that, that anger and that remorse for him. And so, yeah, we didn't, we, there was years we, we, we didn't talk, um, you know, just kind of just lived in the same house, but there, he wasn't going to tell me anything, you know, more even in high school. Cause you know, obviously you grow up, you're a little bit bigger and dad can't really talk to you the same way, you know, versus, you know, when you're elementary, junior high, you're smaller, right? Um, but yeah, you know, there was that period of, there was a dark period for sure in our relationship. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you this while once, you know, cause my wife and I, we, when we, when we, before we got married, we were, we decided to get baptized. Um, and we, we, we had re engaged in our relationship in our faith walk. And once I started to seek the Lord more, there was just a calming and a peace that came over me. And there was just um, just a blanket of love for him. And I was able to forgive him, um, you know, you know, just before we we got gotten married um, and we just we we mended that relationship. And uh, and ultimately, man, I'm like, how can how dare I judge him on maybe things that he wasn't shown as a kid that allowed him to be in the position that he is today? You know what I'm saying? And so I just, you know, I chose, Hey, I'm going to forgive and I'm going to love them. And dude, it's just been amazing ever since it's been, it's been awesome. I love that. And like you said, it starts with your relationships and uh, when did, when you started to get sober and he started to get sober, is that when your relationship started to get better? 
Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think so because there was, there, there was a common experience now, you know, we're both kind of going through that journey. Uh, but even, but even so, I'll tell you this, you know, the, the forgiveness and the love that I had in my heart, even if he chose not to, I still would have forgiven him. And I still would have uh, tried to, you know, make the best of it with that particular situation. That, that to me wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a game changing. That, that was just the spirit speaking to me and saying, you know, you know, we need to honor this and you need to make right by it. And, um, you know, just like, you know, God forgives us for, for the things that we do because we're not perfect. You know, that, that when I had that download, I was like, no, it doesn't matter what he does, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm his son and he's going to do what he's going to do and he'll have his day. Right. And who am I to judge what that is? Absolutely. Amen to that. And the reason I asked is because when you got somebody going through the same thing, you're trying to get sober together. I mean, absolutely amazing that it was your dad but it certainly makes it a lot easier when you got somebody going through the same thing as you yes yeah 100 100 percent. and and you know it was just uh it was, it was a family victory for sure you know what i'm saying to to kind of see him prevail and, and come out on the other side and um step into the shoes that he has now it's uh it's it's been awesome man and so you know it's um you know, to have my kids be around him and uh you know just be that influence it's uh it's really cool it is. Absolutely. But the thing that I love about this is there's always the one in the family that changes a specific tie. You you call it the umbilical cord. Or <laughs> I'm saying that wrong. I know it. But the <laughs> umbilical cord. There's a lot of those in people's lives and families. Yeah. That could be, as you mentioned, mentioned poverty. It could be alcoholism. It could be divorce. It could yeah. be disease. It could be being obese, whatever it is, um, you're that one. You chose to change alcoholism that changed your family tree forever. Yeah. You chose not to be poor. That changed your family tree forever. You yeah. chose to have a solid marriage that changed your family tree forever. And that is beyond a beautiful thing. Yeah. It goes to show you like how powerful we are when when we get rooted, um, you know, in, in love, in forgiveness, in pursuit of, of a legacy, right. It's not easy. It never is. You know, we, 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 go through these experiences, but ultimately, like you said, you know, it's a decision. It really is, you know, and when you become aware of the other side of the coin, we can't sit there and pretend that there isn't a better option. You know, I feel, you know, and, and I use the word poverty and, you know, it could be interchanged in so many different ways, but it is self-imposed to a, to a certain degree. Once you become aware of what is available. Everything is mindset. Yeah. I, there's genuinely three parts of self, your spirit, your mind, and your body. Mm -hmm. And those three generally encompass your identity and who you believe that you are. Who you believe you are is what makes up your spirit, your mind, and your body. Do you or do you not believe that you're a healthy person? Mm -hmm. For the people that are drinkers or smokers out there, do you believe that you're a smoker? Is that a part of your identity? Well, no wonder you smoke. Right. <laughs> yeah. Are you somebody that's an athlete, has a six-pack, muscly, doesn't have disease? Mm -hmm. You believe that you're an athlete. That's why you're showing up in that manner. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And, you know, again, you know, like that is, that is the process to bring those elements into alignment. And I think that is the, the hardest thing through that process is not seeing them come together on our time, but knowing that if we continue to put in the rep of becoming better, you know, the belief, the mindset, you know, the, the, the structure of how we, you know, live our days, it starts to align. And when everything becomes congruent, my goodness, you're a force to be reckoned with. You become a magnet, you know, people come to you. You don't have to go to them because there's something different. And we've all experienced that. We've all, we've all met people and they're just like, Hmm, man, something different about that person. Right. There's an attraction there. We're attracted to that, you know, by human nature, right? We all want peace in our life. We all want to create a level of, you know, success, whatever that means for, you know, anyone that's listening right now. But the question is, are we willing to receive? And until we're, until we're willing and, and have open arms to receive that type of uh, influence in our life, we will always just kind of make the excuse. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's pivot here for a moment. I, we talked about your background and the things that you've gone through, your, your family, your successes. I want to give the audience a bulk of how they can start to transform their own lives, whether that's in their relationships, their life or their businesses. Yeah. So you obviously cut off the relationships and we've established that if you want to win in any area of life, you need to acquire the right relationships. Where do people start? How can people start to go build the right relationships to start to transform their lives? Yeah, absolutely, brother. Well, you know, first and foremost, I think we need to self-identify again, like I said, how we want to live and how we want to feel. And I encourage anyone, you know, get a piece of paper and write it down. You know, what do you want your life to look like in the next five years? Put it down, describe it, right? Because if we don't describe it, our mind doesn't really know what's real, what's not, right? The subconscious is not going to pick that up. So we need to be detailed as far as, you know, what we want this to look like. And then how do we want to feel, right? And I think from there, it, it really, you know, creating a backwards by design type of uh, situation where you identify how you want to live. And then we have to go to work and we have to go to study individuals that mirror that type of life. And I would just encourage people to always think about, you know, evaluating the fruit on the tree, um, you know, getting around people that 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 really uh, live out what we say we want. And I think it, it, it requires a level of discipline for sure. Um, like you said, relationships are everything uh, to be uh, very honest with me. I don't know anyone that's, uh, you know, self-made. Uh, we all have a hand up. Right. We've all been extended in all of branch, but it's what we do with it. Right. But I think, you know, personal growth and development, that, that, that has to be a must. I mean, I've never met anyone uh, that's created levels of success that didn't have some form of uh, personal growth plan, mastery plan in their back pocket. Are there people that, you know, make a lot of money? Sure. But again, you know, what are their relationships like? Are, are they backstabbing people? Are they living life authentically? Or are they on pins and needles because they, they're doing things that maybe... Uh, or have hurt others, right? And so I think having, you know, a mind of growth, that's really where anyone I believe should start, whether that's books, podcasts, um, you know, watching things that are gonna inspire them and motivate them to act and do. And I think as we start to go down that, that runway, 
we're going to start attracting and we're going to start creating experiences for ourselves that will have the right people come into our life. But then it's recognizing and having um, an ear open to know when those times happen. And do we just, you know, shake it off like it's no big deal or we say, oh, my goodness, like here's an opportunity to make an impression or create uh, a connection with someone that might be able to maybe share some thoughts and wisdom with me. So I think having a spirit of eagerness to want to be better, uh, that has to be, you know, a starting point for anybody. I absolutely love that you pointed out books, podcasts, and so on and so forth, because we're talking about relationships and to even dial it back to my own journey. When I cut off my friends, quote unquote friends, Mm -hmm. and all the vices I was doing, the first thing I did was pick up a book and who better that person that writes books, the person doing podcasts has mastered a specific area in their life and you can become their friend through their programs. Totally. So I, I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. I, I, there was uh, years ago. And this, again, this is as I was starting my journey. I mean, I, I didn't know that, Hey, yeah, that there's a difference between life books and textbooks, right? And each book will give you two different outcomes. We've always been given textbooks, hence why I'd ever wanted to read. I mean, I was like a late bloomer reader. Like I, I you couldn't have paid me. You couldn't have wrote me a check to convince me to read a book. I'd have been like, heck no stop wasting my time. (laughs) And uh, I remember a really good friend and mentor of mine, he said to me years ago, and he said, Hey, do you know how to keep men poor? I said, No, dude. I'm like, what is this a quiz? (laughs) He's like, you know how to keep men poor? I said, No, how? He's like, just put it in a book. I said, what do you mean? He's like, just put it in a book. I'm like, okay, well, why? Because that's the last place he's gonna go look. We want it through all these external factors and all these external channels, but we never want to engage the mind. It's funny how much money people would spend on the exterior, but not even put 20, 30 bucks into their mind with a book. I'm a perfect example of that, dude. I think I literally spent from that time I was in the music industry playing the part, probably close to $10,000 just on haircuts, 10K, just on, I'd get my haircut twice a week and it's not cheap. No, haircuts are not cheap. <laughs> 10K that I spent. Ask me at that time in my life how much I put into actually bettering myself. Zero. There is proof is in the pudding. So when he said that to me, I was like, oh my goodness. There it is. There it is. That's why I'm broke. That's why I'm busted. This is why my my mindset is is never gonna elevate. Because I've been I've been I've been feeding the wrong monster. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, what, what, what we'll do, um, for, for success, but are we feeding the right muscle and the mind comes first, man, to me, I'm always mindset before platform people before model has to be that way. Absolutely. And well said, and that, that's the thing is knowledge is the simple truth to everything. Yeah. If we want a better spirit, where do we go? We read the Bible. We read something spiritual. If we want a better mindset, we read, we acquire knowledge. If we want a better body, we start by learning, Mm -hmm. which ultimately completely transformed who we become and the version of ourselves that we become. Yeah. It is crazy, right? Because our go-to right away is I want to earn, I want to earn. 
right? I want to get out of my situation. I want to need, I want to make money at X, Y, and Z. But first we learn, then you remove the L. Amen to that. <laughs> and to state that I, I have a quote, if you can become more, you can achieve more. Right. If we're not, if we don't start by becoming more, the truth of the matter is it's rare where somebody's just going to hit the lottery right. and then stay rich forever. And the reason being is because he, the person that won the lottery and became poor, didn't become more. Yeah. He won the lottery, which enhanced his vices, whatever that is, made, making him poor and where he was at before he became a millionaire or billionaire we must become more to achieve more in life and to maintain that yeah and that's yeah absolutely i love that you said maintain because again it exposes the character of what lives inside of us right and you know that's funny enough that's one of the things that really has been you know on my heart the beginning of the year is to really um to to have the blessing to have more in my life but to have the wisdom to be able to keep it and the maturity to sustain it. Right. So I'm glad that you said that it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's bang on nailing the head. Absolutely. Ed Milet, uh, he has a methodology and analogy of the thermostat. How do you I assume, you know, Ed Milet, right? Of course, man. Ed is <laughs> he's the man, literally. He's not, he's amazing, man. He's awesome. Anyways, for it's something that I completely, when I heard it the first time, it stuck with me. And I feel like it'll stick with anybody listening to this is that your life is literally a thermostat. Yeah. You're either choosing to be very cold or very hot. And it really does simply come down to a decision. But if your identity is 250 degrees, mm -hmm. if an influx of love, money, anything comes in and it, your thermostat goes up to 90 degrees. Yeah. If your identity is still set at 50 degrees, it will go back down to 50 degrees. Yep. But if you can start to say, you know what? I want to be 60 degrees. Naturally, you're, you, the temperature in the room is not going to immediately jump to 60 degrees. It's going to take some time to get there. Yeah. But and if we just, yeah, if we just start to slowly say, you know what? My worth is this today. My worth is this today the achievements will slowly come in totally bro yeah and that and that's the thing you know that's the thing that is not seen by the human eye you know that's the faith walk and that's the one thing that most people are not willing to do because they're not seeing results right away you know uh it's it's a progress it's time it's grind uh it's frustration right uh and that 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 thermostat analogy, I mean, it's, it's, it's the most amazing thing because it's, it really identifies who we become and the potential of who we can be and who we attract in our life. And that's, that's, that's gangster, man. I love that. Absolutely. So if there was one principle that you lived your life off of, which mm -hmm. I, I believe that I already know what that is, what is that and why? With everything that I've gone through and what I've experienced in the last 15 years, I think everything that has, uh, you know, created this pathway has been my walk with the Lord. You know, as cliche as that might sound, um, I have to give it to him because without that relationship, to be honest with you, I, I, I would have just self-destructed. 
You know, I, I felt like when I allowed the Lord to to compass me, not only did it bring peace in my life, there was always frustrations because, I mean, that's the life of people that are in pursuit, you know, but it gave me a peace of mind. And this is the, these are conversations that I always have with my wife. And I'm like, remember when we were going through this and we were feeling this? I mean, do you remember how we got through it? It's because we prayed for it. Do you remember when this happened? Did we not get through it? Yeah, it's because we prayed for it. Do you remember when this happened? And she's like, you're right. I said, this guy has been so consistent in our life and not once has he let us down. Because man, I'll tell you, there's times where you're like, oh my gosh, what the heck are we doing? You know, especially like in the earlier formative years, you know, where we were trying to get our life together and create that congruency. Um, all we had was prayer. And every time we got through, I'm just like, I can't deny that. So to me, that first principle is acknowledging who's at the helm of everything. You know, who's in control? Because we're not in control as much as we think we are. We're in no control of it. We're, we're, we're in control of our, our daily routines. Yes, and our habits, 100%. But when it's said and done, that to me has been God. That has been my relationship with Jesus. And man, all power to him because even to this day, I'm just like, thank you, God. You know, even to have the opportunity to be on your podcast, to attract someone like yourself into my life. I'm like, man, eh, how did that happen? That wasn't a coincidence. You know, and the relationship that we'll continue to, you know, to foster over time, um, that, that, that just doesn't happen by accident. You know, that, that's, that's a chess move right there. Absolutely. Big guy on top. <laughs> so I got to ask when, I'm going to assume that you didn't grow up with a relationship to God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. Is that fair to say? Oh, so fair to say. My mom did. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and she kind of went, she kind of brought that into our family the best that she could. But I didn't, I didn't live it out. I didn't understand it. You know, it's like, and because there really wasn't a foundation, hence my dad. Right. He didn't really lay that foundation and, and that structure to, for us to follow. It was just kind of no man's land. And we just kind of did whatever. You know, I always knew that there was a God, but I didn't know what it meant. There was no there was no ideal relationship there um, that really, to be honest with me, that didn't really happen until, you know, um, you know, I started you know dating my my spouse. Right. Um, and we both knew that, like, hey, there's something missing here. We need to you know, clean ourselves of, of our, of our past sins. And we need, we need to kind of lock arms and, 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 and get right. Um, before any level of it, success, we needed to get right with our mind and our heart, um, and, uh, just, just, just come to him. And so that really, for me was, was the beginning was the journey, but I would even say even within the last five years, um, that had that level of relationship has increased. And that's to me, that's just exciting. Uh, because, uh, you know, you get to a point where you're like, man, you're just unstoppable because you know who's with you. You know what I mean? I couldn't have told you that five years ago because I was still kind of going through that that motion of figuring things out. Uh, but now it's like, man, you know, to be that much more in the word, to be that much more in sync and in tune with, you know, you know, you know, our, our, our Lord and Savior, man, it's uh, it's fun. It, it really is. And it's and it's addicting in a good way. Absolutely. In a good way. <laughs> There's addictions that are a good thing, oh, like I'm... reading, like Jesus, like all these other things. Yeah, dude. So did you both get baptized at the same time or was your wife already baptized before? 
I know she was, uh, well, she kind of was raised Catholic. So she was baptized, obviously, when she was little, as did I. Um, but we actually decided to get baptized together on the same day. It was awesome. Okay. And what's that? Is it non-denominational? Or tell me a little bit about the religion of choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, evangelist, you know, um, right. So for us, it was, uh, it was just, it was what was right for us. You know what I mean? Um, we, we obviously, you know, on her side, there was more pull towards kind of Catholicism, but you know, like, I was like, no, like that, that's not where our hearts were. We wanted a relationship with Jesus. You know what I mean? We wanted a relationship, uh, with God. And, uh, we just felt like that, that on that side was not going to be what was going to be best for our family. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was the right decision and it was just the best thing ever, man. And you guys were a united front in doing that, which yeah. now has blessed both you, her, your guys' self as one yeah. and ultimately your kid's life. Yeah. I, I'm actually not even going to ask a question there. I'm going to make it more of a statement, but yeah. the truth is through studies, I love that you pinpoint the fact that your life, you give it up to God. Mm-hmm. And the truth is study after study shows that the people that believe in a God generally live a better, more fulfilling life. Yeah. So for all of you listeners out there that are questioning, is the Jesus the right God or is God God? Or and you're just on that journey. All I would encourage you to do is just look up to something higher than self. Yeah. Yes, I actually am. I would consider myself a Christian. I yeah. believe in God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the whole thing. Yeah. But if you're in a place where you don't know, I just would encourage you to keep believing in something higher than self. Because right. naturally that will allow you to live a better life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was the greatest decision. I mean, for us, again, you know, not speaking to anybody, but that was the best decision for us to you know, build that relationship in Christianity. And uh, man, you're, you're so you're so spot on um, because I can I can look from the outside now and look at people that still have not chosen to pursue a relationship and the frustrations and the, and the vices that they still continue to go through. Because they're 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 looking for external solutions versus really understanding the value of looking within and, you know, what's there and who's there. Right. Absolutely. It just, it doesn't seem to shock me. And you know, the, the more people that I seek succeeding and even in this space, I mean, you know, this, I mean, look at how many people um, have, you know, very uh, productive and successful podcasts. I, I mean, like prove me wrong, but they all have a walk with God. They all have, you know, some level of a relationship with Jesus and I'm like, man, that's not, that's not an accident. You know, what did, what did Jay-Z say? Um, he said, no, I don't forget what rapper said. I think it was Lil Wayne. A men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. <laughs> <laughs> right? That is true. And you, you're quoting numbers. It's like, statistically, if you believe in God, you will live a better life. Yeah. Yeah. More numbers. Yeah. More numbers don't lie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People lie. Sinners lie. We're all sinners. All sinners. 100%. But numbers don't lie. No. No. So would that be your number? I mean, I I was going to open the floor uh, and ask what was your 
if you had one last piece of advice to give the audience, what would it be? Um, not to put a timeline on what you think success should look like for you, but to embrace the process that it's going to take to refine your character development and also include it into that, you know, find an alignment with, um, having that spiritual walk like we would just finish talking about because i think sometimes we try to go through this path of success and uh nurturing you know whatever we feel we can control without the alignment of our lord and savior or like you said you know whoever's listening you know no you know not to put us in a box of any kind but like you said earlier you know align with something that's greater than just yourself Right. Obviously, we know where we stand as Christians, but at the same time, um, as you're going through that journey of, of refinement and progress uh, that it might take two, five, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years because of what we have to undo. So we need to be OK to unlearn, to relearn. We, we, we know that. Um, but in, in, in that process, you know, grab onto God's hand and uh let him walk and, and lead that path and shine that light. Um, how do I, how, would I have, if I would have understood that earlier, could things have looked different a lot sooner, quicker? Sure. But I'm also not going to minimize the, the process that I needed to go through to allow me to be where I am today, to be able to share a message that some people are still struggling with. So that, that would be my, that my message is to really, Give yourself time. Don't put a time limit. Yes, there is a level of, um, you know, a speed to anything, right? But you know, we're you know we got to treat it like a crock pot for sure, you know. And sometimes Absolutely. we have to shave off a lot of the rough edges um, that we kind of need to fix so that we can have the maturity to keep that level of success that we say we want. Because yeah, it's one thing to earn it quick, um, but we also know that it'll probably go quick. Uh, I've learned that in my life too. So um, speaking from the other side now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well said, Ronnie. And honestly, I could talk to you all day. You're a very yeah. intelligent, <laughs> wise man. And I'm so grateful that you're in my life. And hopefully someday I come down to Canada or you come down to the States and we get to do a podcast or just sit down and have a cup of coffee or something in person. And we will. Absolutely, brother. And I appreciate you putting it out there like that. Um and I'm a big advocate of just, yeah, putting it out into the universe because uh, it does have a, a really fun and cool way of, of making those connections happen uh, if we're willing to just speak that word and uh, not be scared to, you know, pray for the things that we want to happen. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down, brother. And uh, I appreciate you. And uh, likewise, man, it's it's been such a it's been a rough uh, and smooth ride at the same time, you know, but uh, I know that, you know, obviously, when we're on the right path, um, it's only onwards and upwards when we've got the right people in our life. So appreciate you, brother. Absolutely, man. And one last final question, which I ask everybody is, what is your definition of authenticity? Being able to walk into every room and feeling comfortable with who you are and not having to please and put on a mask. That's authenticity. Because very often when we're not sure of ourselves and we don't have that level of comfort and assurance in who we are, we want to please and we'll put on a mask to serve someone else. 
versus knowing that there's only one person that we got to serve and that's God. And he will create that energy and congruency within us, man. Uh, that to me is authentic. Authenticity is to be yourself, to be in many rooms and be the same person to add value and be the light. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that, Ronnie. And is there anything that I or the audience can be to be of service to you? Oh, dude, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is, um, you know, just a couple of things, maybe, um, as you know, I'm writing a book right now. So that's, uh, that's exciting. Um, I'll probably send you a link. Uh, we actually, my wife and I, we do, um, workshops and masterminds, uh, every once in a while. And so maybe that's something you can put on the show notes for anyone that maybe wants to tap into one of those workshops. We talk a lot about this stuff, give really tangible things that people can take out into the world and, uh, and manifest and put out, uh, you know, that's one of the things we do to continue to give back. And so, you know, if anyone is, 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 is wanting to tap into one of those webinars, you know, by all means, they just kind of go to the webpage, register, they'll get the link and, uh, and we'll go to work. Absolutely. Please send it over and I'll, I'll be putting it in the show notes for him. Right on, brother. Thank you so much, Ronnie. Appreciate your time today. Awesome, brother. Likewise. Take care. Thank you again for listening to Journey to Authenticity. And if you like what you heard, please go ahead and subscribe and leave a review. Really helps me to be able to get better guests, bringing powerful stories and transformation to you. Have a good rest of your day, everybody.